got to remember them. I've read about those. When the smoke turns red, it means you've forgotten something. The only problem is, I can't remember what I've forgotten. Has that ever happened to you? I have to admit, that's happened to me a few too many times that I'd like to uh, remember. Uh, memory is definitely a fickle thing. And have you ever wondered why you can't remember where you put your keys, even though you only put them down two minutes ago? Dr. Jo Lukens is an author and psychology com consultant, and she will help you to understand memory. Good morning. Good morning, Jono. How are you? Pretty good, Jo. Uh, so before we start, come clean. What have you forgotten recently? Oh, Alex is a dobber. So I'm on my way <laughs> to the army, but I'm actually pulled over on the side of the road at the moment because I had to go home because I've forgotten something. So the irony of my morning has not been lost on me. And, and in terms of the, some things we're going to discuss today, um, it makes sense what I forgot what I was doing this morning. So I, I, I'm sure I can rationalise it somehow. <laughs> well, that's an important thing to do. We've got to ask though, how does our memory work? Okay, so essentially what happens with memory is there's three processes that are involved. We take in information, so we notice it, um, you know, we find different ways of acquiring information, um, so we encode it, then our brain is very clever and it, and it stores that information for us, and then hopefully what we're able to do later down the track is we're able to retrieve that information so we know where those keys are that we that we put down somewhere safe or we've just met that person, they told us their name and then we want to say their name again. So hopefully we can retrieve that information and correctly name them. And it's interesting with people who, I'm sure everyone has experienced this, you know you've forgotten something but you can't remember what you've forgotten. Why does that happen? Right. Yeah, it's that nagging feeling, isn't it? That at <laughs> some level you identify that whatever the thing was, so let's say you've got a lunch date, well, let's, let's pretend we've got a lunch date, we don't have those anymore, but, you know, you, you, you've, got, you've got something happening. So at some level, it was important enough to you that you paid attention to it and thought, right, on Tuesday, I'm going to be doing such and such, whatever it is, but the details of it, for whatever reason, you didn't put the importance on it, or perhaps you put it into your diary, or you wrote it down on a piece of paper, so you didn't actually give it enough attention. Um, and, and it's interesting with memory, because people often say that they don't have good memory, but it's not actually that they don't have a good memory, it's just that at the time that they were attending to the information, they put the keys down, they met the person, they said, yes, I'll come to lunch. That was the part where they weren't paying sufficient attention, and that's why you then don't recall it later on. Right, and also memory is ingrained with other things, not just literally remembering where you did something or someone's name, but also how to do something, correct? Yeah, that's right. So in terms of... Um, you know, all of the skills that we have and particularly the people who are, say, employed in technical skills, you know, sometimes that memory will come about through repetition and that might be why you might do something and then it might be quite some time until you go back to it and even though you may not completely remember the task um, straight away, it will come back to you quite readily because you've, you've encoded those memories at an earlier time. Okay, so interesting to know we can recall that information but that brings us to my next question. We hear a lot about short-term and long-term memory. Can you explain exactly what they are and the length of time and what constitutes short and long-term? Yeah, so short-term memory is exactly as it's described. It doesn't last for very long. So it's full and it varies for everyone. But on average, people can typically remember between, you know, you can hold between about five and nine things in your short-term memory and they're there for about 20 to 30 seconds. So it's not 
then the um, the bits of information that then get processed into our long-term memory are the things that we pay attention to and, if you like, that we repeat or we rehearse in our mind. So I was, I was thinking about this this morning, knowing that we were going to be talking about it. I was at the supermarket yesterday and I know there was someone near me when I was buying some strawberries um, and I'm sure there was lots of information about that person that I took in at the time that we were both heading in the same direction. But now all I can remember is that it was a lady that was next to me. I couldn't tell you what she was wearing. I couldn't tell you any of her features because um, that information wasn't important for me to hold in my head at that particular point in time. And I would suggest she won't remember me either. <laughs> well, you're listening to ABC North Queensland. It's about a quarter to 11 here. You're hearing from Dr. Joe Lukens, author and psychology consultant. We're speaking about memory. And Dr. Joe, you mentioned that we can hold on to around about, I think you said, nine things in our short-term memory for about 30 seconds. Is there any way to enhance that so we can hold on to it longer or recall more things? Yeah, look, there's, there's certainly lots of things that we can do. And, and the first thing is, is actually to, to set that self for ourselves as a goal. Is, you know, so once you, once you make the decision that you want to work on and improve your memory, remember it comes back to what I was talking about before. It's really about what you're paying attention to. Um, and it's okay that we forget things. In fact, you know, part of, part of intelligent thinking is about knowing what not to remember. But in terms of things that we can do that help our memory, certainly one of, one of the key things is rest. Um, we know that people who are well rested, and most of it, that might make sense. On those days when you're feeling tired, it does feel harder to hold on to things so you know being well rested is an important one and, and while we're talking about having our eyes shut interestingly that's another thing that you can do is you might find if you're trying to recall something sometimes people will close their eyes um, and people are actually about 23 percent more accurate remembering something with your eyes shut and the reason for that is you're limiting the distractions so there's lots of little handy hacks that people can do that help to enhance memory well, as the saying goes, your focus needs more focus. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I was, gonna, I was gonna ask you about, yeah, how fatigue does impact your ability to, to remember things. Does it basically come down to your inability to give attention? Yeah, it, it comes down to concentration. And gosh, it, you know, it doesn't seem to matter what topic we ever talk about, you know, getting more sleep seems to be one of those antidotes that, that tends to help us in many of our situations. So certainly when we are tired, when we are fatigued, if you think about it, it is a lot harder to concentrate. And so therefore you don't pay as much attention as to where you put things or, or what, what you're doing or you hear someone, but you don't really process the information. So if we're not encoding and processing the information, any wonder that we then forget it. It's definitely surprising that we get, it's just, I don't know, just the brain. It's just an, an absolutely amazing thing. But I've got to ask, when you, retrace your steps so to speak it seems that we can remember things better or something triggers what what's actually going on that makes us remember things if we retrace our steps literally by walking into another room yeah so so that's that's an interesting one um is that when you do retrace your steps what you're actually bringing back is all the cues and the triggers and and we've used the keys a few times but i think that's because it resonates so well for people but if you literally go back to where you started and step it through it does bring back memories because what you're seeing is also, is also triggering that back. Interestingly though, rather than retracing your steps, if you are thinking about something, trying to remember something, and then you walk through a doorway, that actually seems to be a stimulus that helps us 
well, helps us. It makes us forget things more often. So doors seem to have this, it's, it's almost like a, a door in the mind, but there's been some really interesting research in that area showing that if you're trying to recall something, walking through a doorway of all things doesn't seem to be a particularly helpful thing to do. Well, why, why exactly is that? <laughs> a human argument. <laughs> well, it's, it's thought to be that, um, I guess if you think about walking in and out of a door, it's kind of like a barrier and it closes things off. So it kind of moves you from where you were thinking to where you are. Look, the mechanisms behind it, I think, are still being explored. It just seems to be one of those quirky things for people. If you were tracing your steps, like you were saying, then it's probably helpful. But if you are simply, say, walking through your house trying to remember something, walking through doorways seems to be one of those things. Maybe you just need to stop still where you are, close your eyes, because we know that is one of the things that does help to enhance memory. Could it be that subconsciously we're diverting our attention to something we can't see, which is why we aren't giving enough attention and focus on our on on remembering that thing yeah look i think that's exactly what's happening the way i often explain it to people is you know there's three dimensions of time there's our past there's our present and there's our future and if we're doing something like um yeah we've got our sunglasses we come home we've got our sunglasses and we pop them on our head but at the time that we do that we're thinking about cooking dinner so we're our head is in the future at the moment that we're putting sunglasses on our head and then we have to go back outside for something and you think, where on earth did I put my sunglasses? And the reason you can't recall it is the time that you actually did that action, you were, you were in the future and you were thinking about dinner. So one of the key things, and we've often talked about mindfulness, is if, if we don't pay attention to the things that we're doing, we probably shouldn't be surprised those times when we don't then recall them later. Wow. So there, are there any particular drills we can do to enhance our memory? Well, look, there's a whole range of things that, that we can do. Um, so if you're trying to remember something, and this might be a good one because I know there's a lot of students at home at the moment. So if you're trying to remember some facts or you, you know, you've got a speech to learn, saying things out loud seems, seems to be helpful for people. And that's because some people really um, encode memory well when they say things out loud to themselves. Um, and as an alternative, some people really help and facilitate their memory from what they see. So a lot of people are visual learners. So I know that that works for me. If I hear things, I don't recall things anywhere near as well as if I see a picture and I sort of tie those things together. Um, so there's a whole range of things that we can do. The, the, the one thing that I would also challenge everyone to do, which is an interesting one, is one of the other things that really affects your, your memory is how good you think your memory is. So if you think you have a poor memory, and adults are, are, are really really bad at this because mm -hmm. what adults typically say is I have a terrible me memory. Now what's interesting is when you look at some of the research is, is forgetting in adults isn't that different to forgetting as kids. It's just that kids don't turn around when they forget something and go, ooh, I'm having a junior moment here. <laughs> you know, whereas adults, we have this perception that memory declines with age and there is a, 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 a level to which um, telling yourself that your, your memory is poor actually doesn't help to enhance your memory either. So maybe we need to rethink our memory and, and, and what we're like at it. And we should stop beating ourselves up about our memory. But That's right. We need to be kinder to ourselves. That's good advice. <laughs> certainly is. And also be kind to others as well during this time. Uh, yes. But Dr. Joe, if we are in isolation, quarantine, we're stuck at home, we've been there for weeks on end, mm. does that affect our memory, just being in that same sort of environment and kind of going a bit stir-crazy? 
psychology the brain is a very interesting thing and there's still a lot we don't understand and it's great being able to get some sort of an insight into what the life is like as a psychologist and the sort of things you uh you <laughs> deal with on a day to basis <laughs> catch up with you in two weeks time thanks john i good to talk to you dr joe lukens there speaking about memory and yeah the memory definitely is a fickle thing 